Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It is the Kid XAB. It's your boy D Flow. Distinguishes out there traveling the world like Carmen San Diego, so he will not be joining us <laughs> today. Uh, but what I will say is, we have to apologize to the fans before we do anything else, a hundred percent, solely because uh, we did not put out an episode last week, and that was not intentional. That's why we didn't make any type of announcement beforehand. So essentially, what happened was. It was the Good Brother Distinguishes birthday last uh, mm-hmm. weekend, and we decided that we were going to go to Miami. So I was like, all right, cool. Now, we were supposed to come back from Miami on Monday, which we did, um, and we even thought about doing an episode while we were out in Miami, but because it was the, the Good Brother's birthday and we out here having fun, I was like, nah, let's not even, like, I'm not even going to bring the portable equipment to do that because I don't want to make it seem like there's any form of business happening here um, for that man's birthday. So we didn't do that. And then coming back on Monday, it was late. Um, So that wasn't going to be an option. And we thought about maybe doing it later in the week when all of us were available again. But by that time, it was going to be Friday. And it just didn't make any sense for us to record Friday to then record again. For this week so have to apologize to y'all i know some of y'all look forward to this Thanks. on a weekly basis y'all be waiting for them tuesdays to drop uh definitely had a couple people in the inbox that kind of told us like yo what's up with the episode this week so apologize for that but yeah bro uh do you have an all-man moment nah i i kind of do but we, we ain't gonna discuss that one on air so um Nah, no, no all man moments this week, man. Just you know, positivity over here for this week. Yeah, I have an all man, and I, I'm debating it too. Um, but I guess I'll do this one in, in, instead. Um, so I was supposed to go get an endoscopy uh, on Wednesday. Hold up, all right, my nigga. You ain't just gonna throw out these words and don't explain what the fuck an endoscopy is, nigga. So for those who don't know what an endoscopy is, an endoscopy uh, is when they put a camera down your throat and check out your, your stomach and your gastration tract to see if there's any abnormalities or anything like that. It's pretty, it's not a standard procedure, but it's pretty ordinary procedure whenever you say like there might be something going on with your stomach and they just don't have a, 
a front-facing answer. But I hate my fucking insurance. I don't like the new insurance that I'm on. I'm, I'm just keeping it a stack. Like, I had an insurance where I could just walk in and walk out, and I was gooch. I didn't even have to pay nothing, no co-payment, no nothing. It just was an afterthought. This new insurance that I've been on for the last couple of years through my employer, um, basically, they want you to pay $2,500 worth of expenses before they even touch anything. So that means that if you do any... now. When I'm looking at the policy, part of it is supposed to be like they cover 80% and then you handle 20% of every procedure. But then after you didn't spend $2,500 worth of expenses, um, you gooch. Like they'll pay for everything moving forward. For whatever reason, when I asked them, I said, yo, how much is this endoscopy going to cost me? I don't know if accounting got something fucked up. I don't know if uh, the insurance company... Didn't understand the question that was being asked by when the doctors claimed they went and asked. But they told me that I was going to owe $2,500 for this one procedure. So I told these niggas they could all suck a nut. One, the procedure, the, the, the it's a really a test, not a procedure. I keep calling it that. But the test is not necessary. The doctor, when I spoke to them, were like, you could do it if you want. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, if you tell me as a doctor that I can do it if I want, that to me means that it's not that important. <laughs> so <Facts. laughs> I'm not going to spend $2,500 on something that you don't even think is that important. Now, again, when I looked at the policy, I should not be responsible for that whole $2,500 off of one procedure. Yet, that is what was told to me. So somebody going to have to figure it out um, because nobody's going to get their money. In that case. And I was not risking it to go do the procedure and then next thing you know, or the test rather, the next thing you know, um, they call me up talking about you owe this amount of money. Nah, it's a dub, my guy. So not unless they, they tell me, yo, it is absolutely necessary for a nigga to do that. That wasn't it. That's my all man for the for the week, bro. But this week seems to have been an all man for everybody. <laughs> yeah, this week has been Honestly, this week and last week was a little goofy, to be honest. It was a lot going on. on. It was a lot. And I actually wanted to distinguish here for this Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez conversation uh, because I know know he was saying some things in pre-production that I just wanted some verbal clarification. I didn't didn't know exactly what he was talking about um, when, when he was putting it out there. But we... We're going to get into into all of that in a second. But we can start with uh, the return of music. It seems like music is back. Music is back, bro. <laughs> Honestly, yo, you know my mans came out with this project. So, <laughs> yo. <laughs> this week was... Hey, man. This week was a good week. Who you want to hey. start with? You want to start with, with J. Cole? You want to start with Nikki? Who you want to start with, son? Migos. Uh, let's start with the Nikki one. Let's start with Nikki real quick. Let's get let's get that out the way. All right, let let's me get that out. The let's way. pull up the track that she she released. Um, let's pull that up and and definitely just give a little snippet of that because that that shit was very lit. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Seeing green, I'm just you know who I'm I'm trying to go straight. To. You know who I want to hear. 
Let's get all the way to that. Wanna see my niggas ball so bad I started up a league. Fuck with me, you niggas can't trouble me from the double tree. Step your sweets up. I get Oliver to set the beats up. 2021, I had to wet the streets up. Your girl was better in the morning like a slice of pizza. That's when I had to hit her with the nice to meet you. You niggas think you doing damage, you just hyping me up. Face who? I can see a wall of y'all, all of y'all. How you feeling about straight. that track, bro? <laughs> they went off, bro. I ain't even gonna hold nobody, son. I ain't, we not even here to play games with y'all. To me, that was better than Truffle Butter when them niggas came out with that and niggas had a problem with it. That was better than... Uh, what was the other fucking joint they came out with? And it was just the two of them and people and no frauds. That was better than no, no frauds. Uh, that, the other one, that was that truffle butter. Dun. It was truffle butter. Yes, that was that was truffle butter. And no frauds. Uh, no frauds was the one that people didn't really like that she put out with um with Wayne and with Drake. Drake and and Drake. But this, this one, you know what I like about it, bro? We're getting back. We're finally getting back to into real rap. Yeah, it's getting back to rap, one hundred percent. Nothing that came out this week was mumble. None of it was melody. Nope, <laughs> it was all bars, patars, my friend. <laughs> On top <And> of bars, <laughs> all bars, patars, boy. And I'm happy for that, bro, because that tells me that we're getting back to the foundation of no gimmicks. Yeah, you write your bars, you lay it down. And it works. You don't got to worry about a melody. You ain't got to worry about trying to make it so melodic that somebody got to dance to it. TikTok. People are finally getting back to wanting to hear bars. A hundred percent. And I love that shit, bro. Lil Wayne sounded great on that shit. Nikki sounded like she's getting back into shape rap-wise. I know I, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, she ain't really like her flow that much, but... I think Nikki has to get back into shape. She's even said, like, she's been uninspired to write for some time when she went live. So I feel like we're not going to get crazy, crazy Nikki for a little while. But I like it, though. I like the way she... I she, like it. She came off. Fresh, fresh from just having the baby, bro? Fresh I off the baby. I have no complaints. Fresh, I have no complaints. <laughs> fresh off a of baby, bro. Let's see if I Facts. can find... Let me see. I want to find a particular song. Right now, hold up. Let me see this real quick. My man Cole came and just straight slapped the taste out of everybody's mouth. Yo, I was like, (laughs) Cole came out and if y'all, oh man, if y'all don't fucking fuck with what Cole did, you're not a, a fan of rap. That yo, everybody. I think everybody said the same thing. Everybody was on the same vibe. I think I haven't seen no one said that that Cole project was whack yet. It ain't, it ain't 2014 Forest Hills Drive. It ain't Forest Hills Drive. That's my favorite. That, but it was good enough. It was, it was, it was a little bit better than the other projects. Like after Forest Hills, this is the next best thing. Yeah, it was better than the KOD. other projects were cool, but this one definitely he he put the work in on this one. KOD was cool, but you could tell that he's in rapping, rapping shape now. KOD was kind of like, yo, I'm going to do what y'all niggas is doing right now in terms of the melody shit to show y'all that it could still have a message. That's kind of how I took KOD. And then For Your Eyes Only, to me, felt like he was trying to recapture Forest Hill Drives. That's exactly what I feel like. It didn't hit like that. He sung too much. 
he sung too much on on for your eyes only for me he he it was more like an r&b rap album for 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 your eyes only and the and the, but, the production was a little lazy for me it, it, yeah, it all sounded it the same to it, me. It was cool, but it it was a it was a decent listen. I I, I nah, it was good. I like all the K Cole stuff. Like they all have a good listen back. But this one had this one was the, the messages was clear. He was back on his bullshit. He was witty back with the bars. He wasn't trying to be super conscious. So, yo, it was. I listened to it twice. Like it was. I I, it, I the first I heard it Friday night. And or I was in bed. I was going to bed, and I listened to it, and I was just like, "All right, bet." And then I heard it Saturday, like playing here in the stoop, and I was just like, "Yo, this shit is nice." Like he actually did his thing. I was like, "You know what, Cole? Yeah. You got it." This I listened is, to it, the best project for the year so far. I listened to it a few times. I heard I heard it Friday night, twelve a.m. when it dropped. I went straight to it, listened to it all the way through, and I was like, "All right, like." I hear it, and then Friday morning I threw it back on, and I was like, okay. And then over the weekend I played it one more time, and I was like, yeah, nah, nah, this is this is it. Like music is back, and like you said, in terms of rap albums, this is the number one rap album of the year so far. And I don't know yeah, if there's definitely unless Drake drops this year, which I'm sure he will. Um, I still don't know if it'll be the best rap album or if Drake will just have like another. Banger, but this one we got we just gonna get straight to it. We're gonna play this real quick. Like he started off this way. So I knew we was in trouble. <laughs> I knew I knew shit was I was like, okay. Killer, it's the off season. Let's keep it tall. Y'all ain't fucking with my man. We're gonna stop right there for a second. When Cam came on, I was I already knew what type of bullshit this nigga was Instantly, on, bro. Instantly, bro. <laughs> Yo, the minute I heard that, I was just like, this nigga got Cam on the project? Oh, he on his bullshit bullshit. Yeah, he on his bully like, right now. Right, Cole. He's on his bully. Let's get to it. Yeah, watch. You know the time. Cold world. Killer Cam. Niggas is fucking yeah. finished. This shit too easy for me now. Nigga Cole been going black since back when CDs was around. What you sold, I tripled that. I can't believe these fucking clowns. Look how everybody clapping when your 30s song album do a measly hundred thou. Oh if I'm wait, betting wait, on wait, myself, wait, can wait, I... Wait, 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 <laughs> Yo, he is killing y'all niggas, man. <laughs> when your 30 song album... Does a measly hundred thou like every one of y'all niggas is putting out these thirty album deluxes and all of that just to make a hundred thousand? He put out a twelve track album. He's telling y'all something. He's and well, fucking uh, Far Hill Drive. I think was fourteen. For your eyes 14, only. I think was like twelve or some shit like that. Another twelve. Yep. Oh my god. We let's get back to it. Double down. If you hate it on a nigga, please don't greet me with a pound. I'll be staying out the way, but if the beef do come around, could put an M right on your head. You Luigi brother now. Trace my Oh shit. Jesus <laughs> in the weeds. <laughs> oh, I'ma fuck I'ma fuck him up. Oh. I got your bean pie, nigga. I got your bean pie. That was the nastiest bar I've heard in years, bro. And yes, bro. On your head, your little Ouija <laughs> brother now. 
<laughs> We're not even playing the rest of that. Yo, that was the nastiest Bob heard in a minute. Son. I was like, oh, my God. This nigga J. Cole back. Like, just off of that, I was like, oh, nah, this is this project, I don't even know. I don't even know, bro. But Cole is back. I said, Cole is back. Shout outs to Cole, man. And the nigga went to go play ball in fucking Africa after. Listen. In Rwanda. The nigga's in Rwanda. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to him, man. Big, big shout outs to Cole, man. I respect him for doing this. I, I respect him for making people understand that, listen, you ain't got to do the gimmick. Just write the bars, be true to the craft, and and if it's good, it's good. You feel me? And and that's what he showed people for this project. Like the fans is gonna support it. I watched a little documentary when when, when he did the little the little fifteen minute documentary. That's the one thing I didn't see yet. It's lit. Yeah, it's on the tube. So yeah, I mean, great project, man. I love it. I'm probably gonna listen to it again sometime this week. I'm probably gonna be bumping it throughout through to the summer until. Something else catches my attention, but no, right 100%. now that's the. Yeah. If you haven't heard it yet, listeners, go check it out. You don't have, even if you're not into that, into the into the bar for bar type of thing, it's still a good listen. It's a good vibe. That he joint with baby on it, little baby is starting to be that feature nigga, man. He's starting to get on every feature and be alright. So I'm I'm watching the little baby. I know I know I know a, uh, a lot of people already have him as one of the young goats coming out. Um, but yeah, baby, baby's verse was fire. He came on that shit and he he did his thing. Yeah, I'm I'm baby's still watching little baby. I wanna I wanna see what he does with his next project because I think that's where he's lacking. That last project didn't do it for me, but um, he had a, he had a couple good singles off the project though. Yeah, but I want to see had good singles. I want to see him be able to string a project together that. He don't got to tell a story like J. Cole or, or nobody else, but I want to see him do a classic album. I just don't feel like that's happened yet. So it, once he does that, mm. to me, he's established. Little, the Baby and Little Baby will be established for me once yeah, they the drop. Yeah, The Baby, both of them. Cause they're, they're good single artists. Yeah, They can make a single. They can make a single. They can get you hyped. You know, but, <laughs> but, um, but the projects are, yeah. Yeah, always to me, what is going to make you a great goat, whatever legend, whatever you want to call icon, is going to be when you deliver a solid project from top to bottom that it doesn't have to deliver a message that is conscious, but just something that's more than singles or, or, or hype music. Yeah, I think what they're doing, they don't go in the studio to be like, yo, it's album mode. I'm working on this album. This is the name of the album, and I'm building the right. album with these songs in mind. They just be like, yo, I'm going to hit the studio every week, and whatever song, you know, it's been four months. I have 20, I'm sitting on 20, 30 songs. The label is like, yo, let's push out an album, and they just go into that catalog right. and just scoop out what they want. Because to be honest, and, and this... Together. This might be controversial to some people. I feel like Moneybag Yo's album has been better than any of the The Baby or maybe not the um the last one that The Baby put out that seven track EP. I think that one is he's starting to get into shape as to what I believe he needs to do to put out a, a really legit album. But Moneybag Yo's album to me is better than Little Baby's album and um and The Baby's album in terms of album structure. And having that variety and versatility, uh, you know, that's just me. I gotta but go hear it. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet, so I gotta check that out. Now, Moneybag Yo's, like. Moneybag Yo's joint is 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 lit. Um, 
But yeah, J. Cole is in Rwanda. And I think that that's such an amazing thing because J. Cole is, what, 36? Something, somewhere around there. Um, I think he's 30. I think he was born 80. He's 35. 30, I think he's either born 85 or 86. He's, he's either that. He's in his mid-30s, though. Yeah, 35, 36 years old. Um, going to play basketball professionally. He didn't hit every milestone that we know of musically. You know, I don't know if he has a Grammy yet, but he damn sure should get one off this one if uh if the landscape stays stays as it is. Um, but he just someone said it early and I just gotta reiterate it. He is the personification of Dreamville. Like he is Dreamville personified. So it's just really full circle when you see somebody pick a business and a business name. And they live out exactly what it is that they, like, you know he was born to do everything that he's doing. This isn't some gimmick. This isn't some, like, we prop this nigga up. No, he came out with Dreamville years ago and is now, like, just the personification of I'm living every dream I want to live. I got my own, I got a baby. I'm married. I got my wife. I live how I want to. I show. I dress how I want to. And I'm gonna go play back. Like, yo, this you can't hate on J. Cole. If you hating on this nigga, you just a hater, for sure. That's it. That that's how I feel about him, bro. I feel like he's exactly he 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 it's like you said, he done and he stays out the media the drama. Yeah. So he's done he's done exactly what he set out to do. He wanted to be a professional ball player and he went to go do it. He wanted to tackle. He wanted to be able to be like, y'all. I'm the I'm the one of the best and one of the greats at this rap shit. That's what he's been able to do. And you know, even with the album, the album came out on any Rock Nation. So you know, like that's a good look. That means mm-hmm. he patched things up with Jay. You feel me? Like all of these things, I respect because I know him and Jay. I ain't gonna say I know, but I, we had heard that him and Jay weren't on the best terms. Right. So that's great that him and Jay would have to patch that up and release the project underneath Rock Nation. So, listen, man, shout out to J. Cole. I wish you nothing but the best, brother. I hope that you continue to strive for greatness. And for us, people watching him, we want to do the same thing. We should we should strive to do the same thing. A hundred percent. And be able to be like, you know, be fulfilled in your life and be like, yo, I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. And that and that is the that is what I get. Like, this project inspired me on that lens of things. It's like we need to go out and just achieve what we want to achieve. And even if it's on a smaller scale, but just go out and do it. Like, I'm sure Cole said, I want to hit the the league, the NBA. And even though this is an associate of the NBA, um, you know, downsizing, quote unquote, to some extent and going to Rwanda, maybe doing it a little bit past the the age frame that he might have wanted to originally, he still is doing it. It's still an accolade under his belt. That's a at the major end of the day. accolade, bro. Yeah. So it's like, it's really nothing to complain about um, in terms of he just went out and, and did it. And I think that's something that we all need to kind of strive to do. And I know that that's like something that I struggle with is uh, this idea of perfection. Things have to be the A class in order for me to put it out because that's just kind of the type of individual I am is where I like things A class. So I want to make sure the products that I put out are A class. But I think a lot of times what we don't realize is A class comes from B class, which comes from C class, 
which comes from D class. You got to start doing it. And I tell one of my friends this all the time. You have to start doing it to understand where the loopholes and the pitfalls are that are going to bring you from maybe the product not being the best to then it being A1. You're not just going to jump in and the product is going to be A1. So like even with this Rwanda joint, maybe this is a path to the league. Maybe that's not where he plans on stopping. Um, but at the end of the day, he just jumped in there and he did it. And we all have to, at least that's what I got from the album is like, yo, I just got to, the inspiration I got is I just got to jump in and do some of the things that I always said I wanted to do. Because ladies and gentlemen, I, I promise you there's nothing worse than waking up one morning and being 50, 60, 70 and being like, I wish I did or I should have. That's a finnack, boy. Yeah. Or, or looking at young people and telling them to go follow their dreams, but you never did it yourself. You know what I mean? I agree 100%. I, I, I'm in that mindset right now, and that, that's the reality, bro. Like, you, you really got to just be like, you know what, I'll try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you know you tried, and you know you put your best foot forward. And at the end of the day, in the profession that we want to be in, which is Un, I guess you could say unorthodox because at the end of the day, it's not a traditional, it's not a traditional path for what people do for certain things. We got to go even harder because everybody wants this type of dream. Yep. So we got to even put the extra effort in to make sure that it comes to life. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna have to get some of this. <laughs> Niggas is gonna have to do this. I miss these niggas, man. I'm not even going to hold you. <laughs> I miss these three niggas, man. On records, just spitting their bars, but now I can understand them. Now I feel like they speak in They've English. They've gotten better. <laughs> They've gotten better, bro. Especially, well, Quavo has been getting better, but Offset has gotten way better. Yeah. Because this cat Offset, he's gotten way better at enunciating his words and, and properly pronouncing things. So, thank God. This this straightening record is 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 what I needed from Migos. It's uh, it slaps. I could see it going off in the club, not in terms of like setting the club club up, but like you know when the club is about to pop off and they drop that first tune. And I haven't been in the club in over a year and a half, so I don't even know what the fucking club scene feels like, looks like, like that's a fact. None of that, but I could see this being one of those. Records to kind of set the mood that, oh, we about to party now. Get up off the fucking couch, get off Instagram, and get to the dance floor and, you know, bust a little bit of some straightening on the fucking dance floor. Like, that, I could see... Sax, boy. I could see a little bit of that in this song. So, I don't know if it's going to be like uh, fucking... What was that song they came out with? Um, Let me... Shit, I got the catalog in front of me. Bad and Bougie. Or motorsport or nothing like that, um, but I could see it doing like a a walk it like I talk it type of 
situation or, or something like that. It's still, I think it's still a little soon for songs like this. Um, and this type of week just made it kind of more, less of it being on Numb and more of it being on Nicki and J. Cole. Um, but this song is still going to do well. This song is still going to do well. It reminds me of Pipe It Up. Pipe It Up. Yeah. Pipe It Up. Pipe yeah. It Up. But, um. The, 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 the pipe It Up. I miss these niggas. So I ain't, I ain't going to hold you. Enjoy the, I enjoy the song. Uh, I mean, you going you mad? You know what's crazy about it? A lot of work is gonna drop in the next two months. Oh, it's over because because the the everywhere is opening up, and all these artists know that now is the time to put out records because people are gonna be able to tour by the end of the year. So there's gonna be so much influx of music in the next couple of months. This summer is over. Everybody wants to get on tour by the end of the year. I want y'all to know every Friday we gonna get something stupid. Every at least oh, yeah. every other Friday, we getting something stupid now. People are, people, this was the week that people wanted to test and see what's up. J. Cole became the buzz of the week, and Nicki did too. So people understand now that if you drop music, it will be received. And I think June, June is going to get stupid. June, like, I, June is going to be stupid, bro. <laughs> June. Every week, some it's gonna be multiple songs dropping every week. Every week we want we gonna have because everybody been hoarding music. Expect City Girls this June. Expect Cardi B this June. I'm not saying they dropping projects, but expect expect some more music, some singles. singles. That's a fact. You already know Drake is is coming sometime soon. I I feel like they oh, yeah. reassessed the plan because the plan was definitely to come out. During the pandemic, 2020, dropped something. But clearly someone on his team talked him out of that and told him, like, nah, bro. It, it, it's not beneficial. You can't tour. Yeah, it's not. You could do about it. Why drop it if we can't tour? Yeah. You feel me? Like, you need to tour. Like, So I don't know if that means Drake is going to try a summer drop. I know he did Scorpion in the summer last time. Um, but Drake likes to drop in the winter. So... I don't know. It's it's. I I feel like maybe he'll start sprinkling out some singles, um, to test the waters, to test and see what he wants to put on this album and keep on the album. But expect more Drake music. Um, I feel like we might get something from Little Baby. Um, it's it's gonna get stupid. It's 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 over. It's gonna be it's gonna be retarded this summer, bro. It's gonna be straight bonkers, petonkers, friend. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of content, and I'm happy for that though because. It it lets us know that things are slowly returning to normal. Yeah, so for sure. you know, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited to hear the content. There's a lot of people who've been you know sparsely dropping new songs, so I'm excited just to hear the new content and just you know, I know a lot of people got dope stuff stacked up, so it's gonna be dope. Hey yo, new niggas, sorry, sorry for y'all new niggas. It's it's it, y'all had to run. You gotta come with the bag, yeah. If you <laughs> if you're new right now, just know your song has to be that dope. To get in the competition, because these labels is finna be spending money this summer. Sorry, I I know a lot of new niggas was getting burned and shined during the pandemic. A lot of new R and B singers came out. A lot of of that mel- melodic rap was coming out, and that still has a place. It's not going anywhere. But y'all y'all newer are acts, newer artists that either are planning to come out or came out and got some shine during the pandemic. It's 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 over. Yeah, y'all better reassess your plan, cause the attention is gonna be on the big dogs. 
soon as they start dropping again, is is going to be on the big dog. So y'all need to figure it out. Figure out what the fuck y'all doing. Y'all better find a way to get a versus going. I don't know, but y'all need to figure it out. I don't know because it ain't going to be. It's gonna. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But what I'm hoping is, I'm hoping that. <clears throat> I'm hoping that the industry has learned to adapt and find a way to spread. There should be no reason. It's going to be difficult because now a lot of artists who was taking up a lot of real estate on radio is going to get bumped. That's what I'm saying. Because it's going it's to be over so for much content. It's over for them niggas. It's, yeah, it's, going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a hot summer. It's going to be a hot summer filled with a lot of content. This might be one of the funnest summers. Uh, I, I know... I know that sounds a little weird, um, and I know, you know, there's still debates about vaccination and still debates about wearing masks and things like that, but I do not think that is going to take away from the fact that this might be one of the funnest summers, and I'm going to tell you why. One, a lot of those those COVID protocols, like being able to drink in the street and stuff, and a lot of places, those still exist, and then two... Everybody wants to celebrate being able to be outside safely, feeling like they're outside safely. But three, cities are invested in trying to get people back outside. So there's going to be a lot of shit that cities are going to do to make niggas party. Like, I know New York was talking about even having, like, a big-ass party. And Biden was talking about trying to do a national party for 4th of July. So this might be one of those crazy-ass summers that... You look back and you tell your children about like, yo, you, craziest summer was twenty twenty one, by far. Yeah, it, it's gonna be, it's going to be crazy. And, and I think even with the vaccine and with COVID, bro, I think at this point, niggas know what time of day on. You see, do you got your mask on, or you gonna be, are you gonna be out there without it doing what you do? So, right. mask up, niggas, or get your vaccine and keep it pushing. And that's just where we at right now. And I think that's where we at with, I, with that at this point. Yeah, I think I think hmm? it's I think we're in a space now, or at least we're gonna soon be. I know it's still a little silly on the internet, but I think we're finally gonna get to a place where it is just gonna be a listen. It's your decision. I think there's a lot of anxiety around what is going to happen if I don't want to get vaccinated versus if um, you know I want to keep my mask on and stuff. But I think people are starting to realize that really and truly, the thing that's happening is your life is not going to be made harder. The people who got vaccinated, their life is going to be made easier, if that makes sense. It's not that, that they're going that's to... That's where it's at. Not going to put extra restrictions on you than what have already been in place for COVID since, you know, we've all been in it. What they're going to do is they're going to release those restrictions on niggas that got vaccinated. And that's really where we at with it. Um, so I think the more and more people get acclimated to that understanding... And kind of come to the conclusion that they're not going to be targeted some way, shape, or form. The more and more that anxiety will go away. And hopefully that'll be by June or July. And it'll be more of a thing where it's like, yo, you decided to get vaccinated or you didn't. But we can also kind of have fun. But right now the internet is still kind of weird and nasty. I I mean, I, I was on the fence about it myself. And at this point now, I'm just like, listen. It's like you said, you see that you wear your mask or you take the vaccine. And that's where it's at. Like, I'm not going to have social anxiety because of a decision, whatever decision I want to make. At the end of the day, if that's the decision I want to make, then cool. 
Damn. It is what it is. I'm not going to make my life more difficult by not following the rules that are set in place if I choose to not do what what they what what you know getting the vaccine or whatever. So I'm uh, cool with it. Oh yeah. Or way, what what governments are pushing as the way to get out of the pandemic because that is a thing. That is what is happening. Governments are pushing that as their main way of getting us out of this pandemic however what does what that is being internalized as is totally i think that's where the separation is like is it a big conspiracy yay or nay i'm not i i I can't convince anybody as to what i personally think or whatever so but i think that a lot of that comes from anxiety a lot of it comes from not being in this predicament before not seeing what happens in something like this and in my opinion, a lot of us as Americans are spoiled. We never really get, uh, like, we never confront any type of strife or any type of conflict. So it, when we finally do have something hit our borders and our shores, we automatically question it like, us? You sure this can happen to us? Like, but other I mean, countries be dealing with shit like this all the fucking time. You know what I mean, I'm saying? See, like, look, you see what's happening in the in in, in the Middle in East, the, in in Israel, and these in Pakistan niggas, right now. So. I just gotta say this, bro. These niggas got COVID going rampant and still found a way to send rockets to each other, bro. It don't make they, no sense. Nigga dropped a bomb, bro, <laughs> last night. A like, bomb, like, last night. Like to me, the shit is nuts. And I know we got our politics segment, and we'll get to it. But since we here. It's nuts to me. It's nuts to me. And I know uh, I'm glad that this is happening. Um, not not the war. Don't get my shit twisted or or the conflict rather. Um, but I'm I'm glad that people on the internet are finally deciding to tell both sides of the story. Because for the longest time the story has just been that there's nothing but Islamic extremists, terrorists. And the dark-skinned people are bad and evil and want to fight Israel and take uh, innocent lives and stuff like that. And as we all know, in most stories, that it's never the case that there's just this evil entity of people that walk around wanting to kill others. And I'm glad to see people finally speak up online and talk about how, in some instances, Israel is being the aggressor. And it's the reality. That's not anti-Semitic. I know that some people kind of get on guard when when people, uh, I guess, defend uh, the people living in Palestine and and in Gaza. But it's the reality of the situation is that if you had land that you lived on for uh, centuries, decades, however long, and because of a peace treaty that you had nothing to do, you didn't sign off on this peace treaty. That happened because of World War II. That said that this piece of land will now go to X, Y, and Z. And when that happens, and you kind of go along with it, you like, we're not fucking with it, but cool. Yeah, we'll have these people come here and live here. And then they slowly start to try and expand and take more and take more and take more and take more. What are people supposed to do? What do you expect them to do? Like, they're at some point going to be like, hey, stop. Hey, stop. And then you're not doing it, like, peacefully. You're doing it with with troops. 
You're doing it with funds that you're getting from other nations that are supposed to be helping you sustain yourself, but instead you're using it to have military excursions to take over other pieces of land. Again, that there is more complication to the story than what has often been put on television and often told in terms of like, yo, oh my God, like look what's happening to Israel or why are these people attacking Israel? It, it It's that. Some of that is happening. Yes, there are extremists. But where are extremists born from half of the time? Typically, it's because they someone punched them in the face and they said, I'm not going to punch you in the face. I'm going to destroy your whole family. Like, that's how extremism Facts. is born in a lot of cases. You know what I'm saying? So in this situation, you have a group of people who feel like they not feel like it's happening to them where their settlements are being taken. And there's no real justification there. Um, but every time it happens, it seems like no one is telling them to stop. So I'm praying for everybody involved. That's praying for everybody involved, bro. And that a lot of that is, is politics, is partly religion. It's, it's, a, it's a whole lot. It's a whole it's a lot. lot. And it's it's been a a beef for centuries. I've might, seen. Might, might even be a millennia. I've seen uh, some people throw in that a lot of this might have to do with oil. Like, I've never seen, I've never heard of it from that perspective before, but it is very possible. <laughs> you know, like, like. I mean, that, that happens all the time. People settle on land that's oil rich. I mean, that, that was happening with my home country, where right. Guatemala was trying to take back Belize because where Belize is, Belize is sitting on a huge oil reserve. But because of the treaty between Spain and England mm. and what got England to put to actually take over the Commonwealth of the country, Guatemala had to back off because they had to go back to the, the treaty back from the 1700s. Which is crazy. <laughs> it was just wild, But that's bro. how like, nasty it is out here, bro. That's how a lot of these things are. That's, that's how nasty it is out here. Like, people want oil. They want natural resources that are deemed to be a form of currency or wealth and they are willing to do military action and make it seem as if they're not doing anything to do so. And you got to go back to treaties from fucking 1577 and shit to, to stop them from doing goofy shit, man. That shit is insane. Like literally when I saw that, they're like, yo, they had to go back to the treaty from 1790 something. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, who has these treaties? (laughs) Like which nigga, which lawyer nigga said, from, I got hundred years ago. I got a smart guy, idea. You feel me? Like <laughs> the fuck, Samuel Samuel Bridgeworth. Like he, this nigga was just like, I'm gonna keep this treaty right here because you never know. <laughs> Yo, like, that's how nutty and nasty it is. But I am praying for everybody involved in Israel and Gaza and Palestine. Like, um, I the one thing I, I I'm just glad to to see is this narrative of brown people bad just being kind of shattered a bit because. That's typically, we're keeping it a stack, that's typically how the U.S. paints this shit. It's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. look at our Israeli brothers being attacked by the, the evil brown people. And that's not really the story. <laughs> like, that's the Bro. story and that's been as created. As far as I'm understanding, Israel is actually the, the more powerful country out of both of them. So Yeah, because they get they get a lot of support from the United Nations and from the U.S. itself, and from other countries, uh, especially after World War II. Well, of course, after World War II, because that's when Israel was was developed. Like, 
that that particular um, part um, of the, you know, that little strip. That's how it came up to be was after World War Two, And they said, we got to get the Jewish people out of here because this nigga is a madman wilding out. So let's to make sure that this doesn't happen again, let's build our own sovereign nation of Israel. And they sent them, you know, sent a lot of their Jewish counterparts there. So, um, yeah, but uh, I don't know, Crazy, man. man. It, it's a lot. Um, again, praying for everybody. That's I, 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 I was just telling my son this this morning. I said, yo, there's you, nothing that we're going through in this country is that bad. At all. There's a lot of kids. <laughs> there's, there's countries out here where they're literally in ruins. I read There's a fucking. Mm-hmm. I read a meme earlier, and this this lady who I believe is in Gaza said, "So I put all the family in one room, um, so that when we die, we'll die together." And that just struck me because I'm like, niggas is out here in America. This is how silly, and that's I think kind of what gets me kind of frustrated sometimes with some of the things that we tend to put our focus on in america we be we be trying to beef with our fucking local officials about putting masks on when niggas is out here getting bombed on a daily trying to go to school they gotta dodge fucking rockets and i'm not even i'm i'm not over exaggerating when i say that like literally you have people in the street going to school and there will be an explosion or a rocket or gunfire or some wild shit. We do not deal with that. On a regular, we don't deal with that. We get nutty ass fucking, most of the time, white people that want to do mass shootings every now and then. But we don't have a fucking war happening outside, literally. Like, that's what's happening that's with a, a lot of countries. Literally, out, as soon as a, niggas go outside. That is a thousand fact. To go get water, to go get food, to go get anything, these niggas uh, are literally walking into a war zone, hoping that they come back alive. Like, we don't deal with that shit. So when I hear some of the silly shit that we do beef about or that we do try and make a, a issue about, it's like, yo, America, America is spoiled to some extent. The, the, the citizens of America are very spoiled in in certain instances and i'm not saying that in a bad way i'm not saying that we shouldn't be spoiled but we just need to take into account not to say that things are great in any way shape or form but sometimes we just need to take into account that we don't live in some wild wild shit where we could and we need to keep pushing forward to make sure we don't stable and safe country yes yes and in that aspect of things yeah we are stable as country compared to others you know and and that fabric was almost torn apart uh and it's still in some ways being tugged at but that is the difference though we're stable do we want to be like some of these other countries where civil war where we're fighting each other over a fucking mask or fighting each other over a 77 year old or 74 year old uh old ass dude who wears fucking wigs every day i'm sorry i'm not i'm not i'm not fighting none of y'all niggas over donald trump i'm not <laughs> i'm gucci y'all gotta get sir. over it y'all gotta get over it but um i am good speaking of getting over it apparently 
Jennifer Lopez was not over Ben Affleck. And bro. I'm confused on this, bro. I I don't... To me, this is nasty. I don't know how you feel about it. I, I did hope that Distinguished was here, like I said earlier today, so that we could kind of discuss this from his lens. Because I think in some instance, he was kind of saying... He wasn't sticking up for it, but he basically was saying, like, you know, if you have a love... Sometimes that love doesn't go away. And I agree with that 100%. But I just feel like this is kind of nasty, bro. She's been with A-Rod for at least three years, I would say, right? Is it is it longer than that? I feel like it was longer than that, bro, because I feel like she hasn't been in Ben probably since, like, 2015, I feel. So she's been it's with... It's been a minute. She's been with A-Rod for a minute. And you mean to tell me Ben Affleck just started sending love letters. Nah, that nigga was sending these shits through the entire relationship. <laughs> First of all, bro, if I break up with my girl, son, we've been dating for it's seven not, not five more than years, two bro. weeks, bro. It wasn't more than two weeks. And the week we broke up, <laughs> we broke up Tuesday. Saturday, you on vacay with your ex? I don't know, bro. Oh, nah, bro. I don't know. Nah, bro, we gooch. That we is gooch questionable, son. at that point. I am straight, sir. This shit is nasty to me. I love Jennifer. This is weird. Now she a savage. She's a savage. Nah, this is sa- yeah, this is OD savage. It's a savage. Because that, not, that, you, you want to see a savage in work? That's a savage Yeah, do move. you want to see a dead body? That <laughs> That's what she said. You want to see a dead body? Like, that is what she said, bro. Because she... That's, yo, bro, not even a week. Not even a week bro, later, bro. Literally, bro, it was Tuesday and <laughs> Saturday she was getting her cheeks clapped by her ex. I am, that would make me sick. Honestly, I would be in my feelings because of that. Like, even if we broke up, like, damn, Jay, you ain't had to do me like that. You ain't like, had to do me like that. You don't do a man like that. Like, I don't. You don't do a man like that, bro. Oh, not, no. Not three, so. four. That nigga Ben Affleck popped in like, so you need me? Right. That nigga, that <laughs> nigga took his his Batman role a little too serious. He just uh, swooped in, <laughs> swooped in, bro, and was just like, I'm here. I don't know what that nigga was doing. I don't know if he was just lurking. Who knows? That nigga was probably in another relationship. We don't know. That's to me. The point is, it's nasty. It's it's nasty on Ben because, like you said, Ben must have been watching that relationship for the longest time. Just waiting. Just like, oh, I can't the wait. Pounce, bro. I can't wait for this nigga to slip up. And and it's nasty on her end because I get it. Maybe they weren't getting along for longer than they put on airs because I I do remember they, they were talking about breaking up like three months ago or a while ago. And then they started working on it. And then it was just like, we're better off as friends. Now, I don't know what the fuck must have happened when she hit him. 50-year-old Jennifer Lopez hit a nigga with the we better off as friends. That's typically what you say when you about to break with your college sweetheart. <laughs> That's a fact. That is a fact. And I, honestly, bro, honestly, son, it's it's kind of wild because it's like, nah, that nigga, that nigga Ben was lurking, but that nigga Ben, he was probably, she probably gave him the heads up too. She's just like, yeah, I'm about to end it with Rod. And he was just like, I'm here if you need me. Yo, she was just like, I- I'm going to take you up on that offer. You know what it is, son? <laughs> See, this, and these are the niggas, we about to expose some niggas right now, because these are the niggas that niggas be worried about. 
Ben this whole entire time probably was reminding her how she should be treated while A-Rod was probably doing mid-level little thing. Because, you know, sometimes when niggas get the girl, they start to they start to slack off. They start to be like, all right, well, you know, we together, so I don't got to put as much effort. I'm not advocating for that. It's just the reality. Some niggas, that's what happens. They go through that. And this nigga, Ben Affleck, was there the whole time. When it was Mother's Day and maybe A-Rod sent her flowers, this nigga Ben probably sent her a fucking Birkin. When it was <laughs> when it was Christmas and this nigga A-Rod took her to Puerto Rico, this nigga Ben sent her tickets to the Bahamas. Like, he was out here just sending her little shit to remind her, this is what I could do whenever you done with that bozo nigga. That's what I feel was happening the whole time. I can't time, do son. that, bro. I, it's nasty. That, that, That's, that, that, all that that's too much anxiety for me, bro. <laughs> it I can't, is. I can't function that level at that level, bro. And that's why niggas be kind of scared sometimes when they get with the chick that they know everybody wants. Especially if they don't. But again, this goes to insecurity. I'm not advocating for it. No, none of y'all get in my inbox talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah, these are insecure niggas. I know. I know. Nah, y'all, y'all can't say, nah, fuck all that shit. You can't hit niggas with all y'all niggas being insecure ass niggas. Bitch, you got 72 niggas in your inbox trying to buy you Godiva chocolate and chocolatier <laughs> shit, take you somewhere nice, and you gonna tell me I'm not supposed to be slightly worried about the fact that this might be a reality? And now- I'm supposed to be sitting here like, yeah, you know, my girl, good girl. But you're not dismissing these goofy ass niggas. And that would you're that would be what I would laughing. say to that. That's the part that's that's the part, bro. The part to me is she wasn't she clearly was entertaining the shit. Like that. <laughs> she clearly was entertaining it, son. I don't I I don't know if there's any debate on that. Like she clearly was just letting this nigga Send her whatever and wasn't really on some like, oh, I'm in a relationship, Ben. Stop doing that. <laughs> like she wasn't no she point. wasn't on that type of timing. So that's the part she that's, wasn't, that, bro. that is a little scary to me. Is like I am nah, that thing worries me, bro. You that with joint, your girl. Honestly, that's the type of thing like if 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 I was A-Rod, I couldn't get back with her. She she done. We 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 over. We good. We straight. Thanks, but no thanks. You don't do you don't do niggas like that, bro. Not that. Wait that. wait at least a month. Wait let 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 me believe he smooched you up for a month. At least a, a few month. Days. <laughs> at least a at least a month. Yeah. This this is the type of shit that would cause anxiety, bro. Hundred percent. This is the type of shit that it's like very hard to just be on some like nah I'm cool with it like it is what it is. I get it. It's over. So you got to be cool with it. But this is the type of stuff where dudes be like, "Huh? How long was this shit going on?" <laughs> like like it is what it is. Like, "Huh?" And if A-Rod was faithful the entire time, and which maybe that was the issue, maybe he wasn't. But that it, could be that too. That that could be the next side of the story we don't know about. Yeah, maybe he was out here wilding out and she just said, Okay, you wanna play with me? You could go ahead and, and fuck with these little dotty patatis that you want to. I'ma go fuck with Ben Affleck. This nigga's money is longer than yours. Facts. He's still in his career. <laughs> like, what's up? 
Like, what you want to do, A-Rod? Like, what you want to do? So if that's what... If that's what happened, then I, I respect it. But if that's not what happened, if that's if A Rod was a good nigga and she was just like, nigga, you too good, you straight, you, we good as friends. I'm gonna go fuck with Ben Patan over here. Hey man, listen man, A Rod. I, I hope it wasn't that. I hope he was out here clapping these other cheeks, and and Jennifer had a reason to do this. But if she did that to you, she's a savage, and I feel bad for you, bro. <laughs> She was listening to the Savage Remix all quarantine. Couldn't wait Facts. to put Busters. Couldn't wait for the Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> Could That's not. a Hot Girl Summer move. You want to talk about setting the mood for Hot Girl Summer? That's it right there. All right, bro. So we here. Uh, this news has been circulating now for, I want to say, two weeks. Um so we can finally kind of, we need to dig into this. I think we've been kind of skating around it a little bit, but this time we need to kind of dig into what the fuck is going on with the Joe Budden podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's been a fucking bombshell after bombshell for the last two weeks. And uh, yeah, we need to kind of just get into it. So. Let's start from the beginning. I know a lot of our listeners follow podcasts in general, so um, I don't want to recap in a way that's going to be boring, but I do feel like in order to kind of get to the destination that we are at, we we really need to start from the beginning. So about six weeks ago, as we all know, Joe came on air after I think it was like a week-long break or something like that, and he returned without his... Trusty co-host for the last several years, Maul and Rory. It was just him, and it was two new niggas. <laughs> two, <laughs> two brand new niggas. <laughs> like, I felt like light-skinned Aunt Viv has showed up on the fucking podcast. Uh, and dark-skinned Aunt Viv was nowhere to be found, and we just had no idea what happened. It was one of them moves. It was later discussed that the two co-hosts were on vacation. We then found out that it, they weren't on vacation. There was a dispute amongst everyone involved with the podcast. Now, originally, it was kind of painted as a dispute that had nothing to do with money, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't learned by now, <laughs> whatever niggas tell you is not about money. It's probably <laughs> about money. It's about the money. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so Joe, basically, everything was cool for a while, and I don't know what happened, because the two, they came back for two weeks, uh, Maul and Rory did come back, you could clearly tell that there was still tension between everybody in the room, um, and then last week, last week, uh, Wednesday, when Joe typically drops an episode, he didn't drop his episode as he normally does, Instead, the episode was a Patreon exclusive, and within it being so, he dropped a lot of shit, and he basically went off on both Rory and Maul. He said, he essentially said that Maul was a nigga that he kind of just saved in a sense. Like, he made it seem like Maul was like this homeless ass nigga that didn't 
have a direction in life and Joe put him on the right track and he made it seem like Rory was the white man on the show that always wanted to nitpick about finances because he didn't trust his black boss. He didn't say it in those words, but that's essentially kind of the energy that I was getting from some of the things that he was mentioning about Rory and saying about more. Everybody can go listen to uh, the podcast and reactions, the shit, all that shit is out there. So I'm not going into too much detail about that. Uh, long story short, this weekend, Maul and Rory responded, um, and they put out a Vimeo exclusive, or yeah, Vimeo, Vimeo, whatever the fuck that. <laughs> Venmo? <laughs> Venmo is the money, I know that. But I think it's, it's Vimeo or Vimeo, whatever. Um, oh, the video, the, ve- yeah, the video joint. The video joint. Oh, yeah, I think it's Vimeo, yeah. Vimeo. Um, they put it on exclusive on there for $2 and they told their side of the story. Um, and they basically, so in Joe's interpretation of the story, Rory and Maul are employees that work for him for the podcast and they are entitled to a salary. They're not entitled to a percentage of the show. They don't own IP. Um, and he started to feel a certain type of way. When Rory had asked if he could get a piece of IP and he said no, um, he felt like Rory didn't like that answer and started moving funny after that. Um, and he said that they are technically like employees and they work for him. And so if you guys remember before we went on break, we pretty much all three of us, I think, were in common consensus that if they're employees, they're not entitled to a percentage of what Joe is talking about or, or asking for the books or whatever the case is. Rory and Maul countered and said that they are actually profit partners and that they are supposed to get a percentage of whatever the podcast makes. So that changes the narrative a lot. If you are a profit partner, uh, and I know for some of you, this is like talking a little bit of gibberish, but Look at it this way. If you're an employee, you sign a contract essentially saying that you will work for said company or said individual for X amount of dollars, whether it be hourly or yearly. Typically, we sign contracts that are yearly that basically say you will get $30,000 a year uh, with an annual increase of 3% benefits, whatever have you. Um and this is the contract for you to sign to work for us for this amount of time. Now, as a profit partner, typically you are signing a contract that says, as a partner to this entity, I am my own, I'm still my own entity. I am partnering up with this entity to create a joint product or project or whatever. And through that, I get to, to dictate a percentage that I would like to take from the overall profit of the product that we create. In this case, Maul and Rory are separate entities on their own. They, all, they, they each negotiated whatever profit um, percentage that they would like to take home that they believe that they deserve or that they believe that they should get based off of their contribution to the project. So if they feel like they do 20% of the work, then they negotiate 20%. 
Um, that means that Rory and Maul would be essentially taking 40 and Joe would be taking 60. And so in that aspect of things, they would, in my opinion, and legally have the right to see the accounting and the money that the pro- the podcast makes because that would be the only way to know if they're getting paid accurately or not. Accurately, yep. So with that understanding, that changes the whole ball game. Um, How, however, 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 and we we gotta clarify this. And I know, I know we're going to be I'm going to be a little bit more technical, but um, what you well, all that you said was was right. The only contingency I could see happening is Joe hit them with something like, yo, we just signed a deal. I'm going to give y'all a hundred grand. And with no specific, with no type of specifics <laughs> as to how that hundred grand would be paid out. Right. He just said, yo, I'm going to give y'all a hundred grand each. And, you know, we could split profits on, on merch and shit like that. Now that gets complicated when, you telling me you're gonna give me a hundred grand, but you never said it was a salary, right? What if I there think... was no specific thing to say it was a salary, then it gets dicey at that point. It's very dicey. So what I think is part of the issue, the part of the issue here is I know a lot of people have been saying like you can't do business with business with friends or you can't be friends in business, which is somewhat true. It, but it's it, when we say it that way, it it discredits like the idea of going into business with your friends, which does work. What happens though, a lot of times is people get lazy on certain aspects of the business and rely on the friendship to fill that hole. So instead of building a contract with your friends, because I don't really want to go through all of that and the headache of this, that, and the third, you just leave it on some like, yo, this is what's going to happen. But then if you get lazy on that aspect of things, if you forget to pay them one week and you know you're going to pay them double the next week, it doesn't because they're cool and you're the, they're your boys and you're not going to leave them out in the dust. It doesn't matter if I'm looking forward to that check that week and it don't come because now I'm looking at you like, where's my money? Like, what happened? And now I got to question you on the friend aspect of it. Like, yo, I'm your boy. You're going to not give your boy bread. I don't know that you have intentions to pay me double next week and you just forgot to put it in payroll so now I got to wait a whole week and then even with that that becomes an issue now now I got to talk to you about like yo this can't happen again because I need my check when I need my check facts so I think I, I don't you know I I see that happen so often with people who want to avoid who want to try to bypass the contract and I always people be like, "Oh, if we're friends, we don't need a contract." But you just broke it down in such a simple and straightforward way, layman's terms that they said. When you have a contract, you're obligated to follow the rules of the contract. Right. When you don't have a contract, people tend to just do it on a whim. Right. Oh, I got some extra bread this week. I'm gonna give you some money. Oh, you know, or you know, oh well, you know, I got we got this deal coming through. I'm going to slide you some bread. What is some bread? What is the some bread? Like, I need to know. Right. <laughs> like, you signed a contract for 1.5 mil. What is some bread, sir? Right. What is some bread? Especially Am I getting if I think- 10%? Am I getting 5%? And if, if you sign a $1.5 million contract and you're going to slide me 100 bands, that's 7%? 
8%? Like, what is that? That's the value this is? Like, is that the contribution that I have in your organization? Like, all these things play out because at the time, it, it it seems cool, but all these things start to build up. Right. Because when things become fruitful and all you got is a slice of the pie that you already thought was smaller than it should be, it breeds distrust. It breeds a lot of different things. And 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 I'm pretty sure in Joe's mind, he's just like, yo, like I put y'all niggas on. How y'all niggas gonna be questioning me? Exactly. Because Joe, you don't wanna use percentages. You wanna be vague. You right. wanna just slide bread and think it's gonna be Gooch. That don't work at that level, at the level y'all are at, it don't work. It do- and that's the key to it, at the level, because a lot of the homeboy business deal, handshake deals, it works when nobody's really raking in that much money. Nobody's stressing it. I know my man's only made 500 from that show. I know that technically I should probably get like $100. But he only made 500 I ain't stressing off of that. Yo, keep your five. It was a successful show. Cool. Now my man's is out here making 100 I mean, is making, yeah, 100K. Uh, bro, slide me at least five. That's what I'm saying. You got to slide the me The money's something. too consistent now. That's the difference. You feel me? Like, if the podcast is making 100K a week, nigga, like, you can't just give me that one-time 100K if, you know, I thought the 100K you gave me was from the deal we signed the other day. You right. ain't said that was, a, that was a continuous payment for the rest of the year, nigga. Like, we we ain't agree to that. Like all that shit is all these things. Cause I think what's happening is when they signed the deal, Joe gave them all both of them a lump sum of cash. But now the podcast continuously makes money, and they know the podcast is continuously making money. So at some point they're gonna be like, "Yo, Joe, you only paid us for the Spotify deal, or you only paid us for the Patreon deal. Like what what happened to the so you know, I think, every week the podcast I, is making bread." I think a lot of different pieces happen at one time, and that's why we're here. We're here now. It's the component about being afraid to check your friend about business. I think that's where Rory and Maul went went wrong, based off of what they've said, and based off of the circumstances of everything. They were afraid to like really sit Joe down and be on some like, "Yo, bro, like, what's really going on with some of these deals?" And then by the time they did it. It was already to a point where Joe was going to take that as a as an offensive gesture because that does happen, right? Like if I'm not used to, if we started this business and every week from the inception of the business, you ask me, yo, let me see payroll, that's normalized now. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with you asking me for payroll. But if we've been doing business for two, three years and on the Third year, you ask me, yo, let me see payroll. I'm going to look at you like, why all of a sudden you need to see payroll? Like, what is it that you want to figure? What are you trying to figure out? What is it that you're asking me? And let me just tell you, because you seeing payroll feels weird. I don't know what you're trying to do right now. Like, what where we go, what direction are we going with this? And so you I naturally think, start to feel who's getting in your ear. Who, who, who are you listening to now? Right. Uh, like, like, know, like, and what are they trying to push you to do? Because... <laughs> This is starting to feel right, especially if, 
And this is where I think Joe felt like he was coming from because he said on his live not too long, I think it was yesterday, he went on live and he basically said, if I was to have honored the contract, then these niggas would be getting thirty to $40,000 a year. And he said, for what we were making, I mean, well, for what I'm making, that was nasty to me. I didn't want to do that. I don't know how true that is, but that's what he said on his live. He basically was like they would be making 30 to 40 and he was overpaying them, period. He he must be paying them somewhere around 100K. I, I feel like it, it's probably around 100K that Rory and Maul get a year um, based off of what, what the podcast is. But because of COVID, he said, there was no there's no deal on the table. Like, they they ended the Spotify deal. And with the Spotify deal, apparently there was a point where 400K was sent over and it wasn't, I guess, accounted properly. And that's where Rory and Maul felt like, yo, this accounting was wrong. And Joe claims, Joe said recently that it wasn't uh, a mistake. It just was some... Back pay or some pay that that Spotify owed them, and instead of them giving it spread out, they gave it as a lump sum. So what I'm assuming is that either Joe fronted the money before he got the payback from Spotify, or Joe spread that money out throughout the time frame that they were on Spotify, but just now recouped it back from Spotify. If if we're going with the the um the story that he's giving, the narrative that he's presenting. If we're going with that, then what Rory and Maul are seeing as an accounting issue that makes it seem like Joe just got $400,000 sitting in the bank and they're not busting none of that down. They don't get a piece of that when they're like, yo, that $400,000 is for the podcast. That means we get a percentage of it. But what I think Joe is is saying or alluding to is that, no, I already paid y'all that money or y'all already got a piece of that money. This isn't fresh new money. This is just how Spotify decided to give us the money that they owed us. So I think that that's where part of the issue lies. And I think the other aspect of it is Joe is too emotional. Like, I got to I gotta call a spade a spade. Joe is too emotional, and he jumps to conclusions a lot. And that, you can't do with friends, and you can't do that with business. You have to be patient with that your friends. That is a fact. You have to be patient with your friends, bro. Like, it... It, it it sometimes it's not always the the funnest thing, but if you call somebody your friend, you have to be patient. Sometimes it's with their decisions, with their relationships, or even with their lack of understanding. And he constantly said on his show how he don't want a baby and this and it's like it's not about that. You have to be understanding of your friends if you want to take care of your relationship with your friends. If you don't give a fuck about your friends, then cool. Don't be patient. But if you give a fuck about people you oftentimes will find yourself in positions where you have to be patient with them. And Joe is just way too emotional and it's normalized for him. And the last thing I'll say about it from his end is another piece of the puzzle that I think is where all of this is getting messy is because Joe does not have a deal with Spotify anymore for the podcast specifically, Joe started to rearrange and supplement his deals with everywhere else that was specifically going to him to the podcast. And because of that, Rory and Maul aren't entitled to those aspects of the money 
But it's tricky because now you, Joe, as the entity who just signed a deal with Patreon as Joe Budden. And this is where it kind of gets it gets sticky. You signed it as Joe Budden, but the only content you're putting on Patreon is the, is podcast. the podcast. You you put in other Joe Budden thing, but the main stake is the podcast. So now as Rory and Maul, I'm questioning, or I have a right to question, this deal you have with Patreon. It's a Joe Budden deal, but because it's featuring the podcast, do I get a percentage of that? Should I get a percentage? Because I might get a percentage from that. Your, your, your content you're putting up is not Joe Budden exclusives, although the podcast is Joe Budden. So now it's tricky. Now, it's, now we're in a space where your entities are too tied up and you don't have a way of differentiating them and that becomes an issue. So now you have the Cash App deal, which used to be solely for pull-ups. And because you're not doing pull-ups anymore or you're not doing pull-ups right now, you told them, all right, yo, put that deal on the podcast so now am I entitled to the Cash App deal? Or is that a Joe Budden exclusive deal still? Because technically it's a Joe Budden exclusive deal, but you're using the podcast content to fuel the deal. So do we get Man, a percentage that, that, of Cash App now? That's bad for business. You can't labor us and want to cut deals off the content we all create as an entity but don't want to pay us, but you're using the content we create together. Right. It's, it's, it's sticky at that point. Because it's only sticky if they never specified contractually that whatever happens with the podcast in general, not just for the Spotify deal. Well, it's, it, yes, and that's, and that's the part. I think that it is, yo, whatever happens with the podcast, we get a percentage of. We are, we are, um, Profit partners, so whatever the podcast generates, we get a percentage of. That's sticky now because instead of the deals being, so I think what Joe did, and I think it's admirable in heart, but on a business level, it becomes tricky. I think he said, yo, fuck it. We're not making any money now for the podcast. I told all the deals, fuck y'all, I'm going to do it a different way. So there is no guaranteed money of $3 million a year for the podcast that you can easily just sit down, bust down, and you know Rory and Marlo are going to make um, 500K for the year. I'm going to make a mil for the year. The podcast is going to make 500K to keep doing things, and then Maul is going to make 500K for the year. However, they would bust it up. But now you're sitting there and you're like, there is no deal that's specific to the podcast. So how do I make sure everybody gets paid still? You get presented now with Patreon that says, yo, we want to do a deal with you, Joe Budden. Whatever content you want to put on your, pay on your Patreon account is whatever you want to put on. But we're doing this deal exclusively with you. And Joe says, huh, all right, I just made, I just have a $2 million deal with Patreon. I can take some of that money and put it towards the, the podcast to make sure everyone gets paid. Huh, I got this cash app situation. I'm not doing pull-ups because of COVID. So maybe I can redirect that deal to function for the podcast where now I can use that content. I'm still getting whatever I was. 
it's an exclusive cash app deal for me, Joe Budden, doing pull-ups. But now I, I negotiated with me, Joe Budden, doing the podcast. So now maybe that deal was $2 million. I'm redirecting that $2 million towards the podcast. Um, and I can use that money in a way. And whatever other money is floating about. But what you unexpectedly, unexpectedly are doing, you're also adding extra profit revenues to the podcast. So now if my percentage kicks in from this $2 million that is Joe Budden money, but you're putting into the podcast, I have a right now to question that $2 million and how that is being bust down because you're supplementing it. And as your profit partner, I do have a right to be like, all right, well, if you're supplementing the podcast with one mil that you're getting from Cash App, does that mean that if I bust down my percentage from that mil, I'm supposed to get more than what you're actually giving me? Because you're giving me money based off of what the podcast is making without you exclusive, without you adding the money that you're adding from your exclusive deals. So that's where it's all dicey and tricky. Because I don't think, I yeah, think that's a I, great area. I don't think he played it smart. I think what happened was when he originally got these deals, he got it underneath the Joe Budden brand. But when he launched Joe Budden Network, he tried to dice everything up through the network. To make and sure that, that everybody get paid. Exactly. But it's hard when the thing that pushes the network is the Joe Budden podcast. Right. So that's where things get dicey. So it's like you said, he might have had three mil worth of endorsements and partnerships and, and different things that he got for for him, but decided to push it through the network. But right now, the only thing that's really making it work is the podcast. Right. And well, he might have been like, yo, well, I gave y'all bread already. Like, why are y'all asking me for more money? And why do you need to know the accountant when I already gave y'all money? But that's they're the just like, nigga, you gave us a hundred, but. You got three mil. Exactly. And then uh, Rory said, and I knew it. I told one of my friends this the other day. I don't know if we said it on the last podcast. They didn't know about that Patreon deal. I knew that shit when I heard it. They didn't know that he had an equity. uh, He became the chief of equity at Patreon. And so if I'm already sitting here thinking that you got more money coming in that you're fueling a network. You're, you know, you told us not to worry about the Spotify deal. We got way more money than that coming. Like, you're doing all these other things, and then you become the chief of equity at Patreon. Do we get a piece of that? Like, what does that look like? The Joe Budden podcast is doing an exclusive deal with Patreon, and I'm the chief equity officer. What does that mean for us? So if I'm hearing this for the first time on air, yeah, I got questions. Yo, bro, what does that mean for the podcast? Did we get money specifically for the podcast? Or is this money, again, a Joe Budden exclusive? And now you're going to try and redirect it through you. And I think that that's where they're having an issue with is you're making all these deals that you're making is because of your success from the podcast. Whether the money is coming to you directly or to the podcast is because you're negotiating it that way. So instead of you negotiating for Patreon that is one mil for the podcast, you're negotiating for Patreon that is one mil for mil for you. And then you want to bust it down. <laughs> but then it becomes your discrepancy how you want to bust it down. Because it's, it's technically not, that, a, it's not the, if, the podcast. 
You know what I'm saying? Bro, so you, as if, a partnership, if I sign, think about it like this, bro. Dad had some bow ties. If you get a deal as XAB, but the content you push as XAB is dad hats and bow ties. And there's no contractual agreement amongst us that states no exact percentages or no no obvious thing that's going to be like, well, Xavier or XAB gets 75%, distinguished guy gets 25% or whatever the percentages are. Mm-hmm. There's no actual contractual agreement that dictates that. All of, at this point, we all understand that we're all putting in the work. Everybody plays their role. However, we break it up is how we break it up. Before that contract, you sign that contract. It's wise that some other sub sub other subcontract gets signed to break up how the money would be getting divvied up, or else it's going to be ultimately interpreted that when the money comes in, it splits up. It's not. It's not rocket science. It. It. He should have drafted up another contract. It's going to be questioned. Them. Because hmm? technically, it is his money, and that's the tricky part. It is part. because it is his money. However, you can't use the content, and I think this is where he's running into an issue in his mind. He's just like, "Yo, I don't pay y'all already," and he's thinking, "This. These deals are for me. They're not for the Joe Budden podcast." In his mind, that's what he's thinking. This. This is. A deal when I sat in the room, these niggas said, we want you, Joe, which I, I agree. I think that a lot of companies are saying to him, we want you, Joe. We love what you're doing. We want you to partner with us. And how does that look? And he busts it down. I could give you some podcast stuff. I could give you some exclusive sit downs. I could do this. I could do that and put it all on. And this could all happen through our partnership. All right, Joe. I think what we want that he did something. He, you know what he fucked up? I know where he fucked up now. Now that the more and more I'm listening to, it, I see exactly where he fucked up. We you know where he fucked up. He went got these deals for himself, and because the way how they probably they probably do have a contract, but the they way the contract, contract is broken up, the contract they, is said that whatever the content from the podcast exactly is for the it says the podcast specifically. It says the Joe Budden podcast. They get a percentage of they are part. They are profit partners for the Joe Budden podcast. So now, what Joe is doing in his mind, he thinks, well, these aren't podcast deals. These are Joe Budden deals. So if I want to take the money, because whatever the let's say the podcast is making two hundred thousand on its own, and so the percentage, basically from Joe's mind, is what he's saying. The percentage breakdown that they would tend to get from that is only thirty k. So he's not honoring the, the the contract. That's what he says. He's not honoring the contract. Instead of them getting thirty k, he's paying them a hundred k. But where that hundred k is coming from is from his exclusive deals that are for him. He doesn't have to give the extra sixty in his mind, but he's giving it, and he's feeling attacked, or he feels like. Yo, how do you, why do you have the right, why do you feel you have the right to question me? Because if you guys go look at the books, it's not going to make any sense to y'all. Y'all not going to understand how y'all been making 100K for the last two years when you really should have been getting 60K. You know what the problem is too? It's the way he presents the deal. Yeah. It's the way he presents the deal. It's the way he presented the deal to them. Yep. 
is that's the problem right there. He went and he said, "Yo, I got us a deal." Yep. I got us a deal, and they 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 paying us this, or they might hurt hurt. Instead of saying, "Yo, Patreon is giving me as Joe Budden a deal to do this," and I'm and thinking I'm about putting down. the podcast on it. Um, I don't know. You know, it, because it's a Joe Budden deal, I can't give y'all. You know, like it's a conversation, bro, you have and to it's speak. a very simple one at that too. You have to talk. It's you, the way he presented. Yeah, you're you, and and if I'm your boys. And you're getting all these, like you said, if you're getting all these deals from the content of podcasting, but these deals are you, are going to you, we have to talk about this. Because you're not getting the deals for Joe Budden-only content. You're getting the deals because of the success of the podcast and the content that comes from the podcast. Yo, you imagine that. And I, I think I understand I understand fully what's happening. Joe is thinking like a record label. Imagine you're a record label. I'm, I'm Imagine D-Flow Productions. I'm D-Flow Productions. I got the leverage. I got the, the people to meet. You're assigned to D-Flow Productions, but you're the main act under D-Flow Productions. Bringing mad money. We know, we you're, know that. You're, XAB is the staple head. But when I go and present it to Universal, I'm like, yo... They're like, yo, D-Flow, we fuck with you and whatnot. You know, like, we we, we want to get you, pull, you know, get you on the on the platform or whatever. And I'm like, yo, like, he, they're like, what can you, yo, I got XAB. He's popping. He, y'all, y'all know he's doing numbers out here. So I'm going to bring XAB on. I have a couple artists too, but X going to be the one. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's who we want you for. Right. And right. they give me $20 million. And I'm like, all right, bet. And I come back to you and be like, yo, bro. They I just signed 100K. us, bro. They gave, they gave me 20 mil. I got and I'm like, yo, here's two mil. Take take that two mil right there. That that's all you. And you're like, whoa, hold on, my nigga. We have a profit percentage nigga. deal. <laughs> so I know that any because you know my value, I'm supposed to give thirty percent of whatever D flow gets from these these labels. Facts. And so I'm like, you know, the two mil is cool. This always happened. Yeah, this this is what DMX had an issue. Rough hours for the same issue. It's like, yo, the two mil is cool, but. Let me just see what my percentage breakdown is supposed to be. And you like, yo, my nigga. Like, let, let's say it's more than two mil. Let's say out of the 20 mil, you give me 10K because you appreciate me. You know that you wouldn't have been able to get the deal without, a, without it. My, my profit percentage is supposed to be 20%. You just gave me 50% of the profit. And I'm like, yo, this 10 mil is cool. But let me see the books. Let me, see the, let me um, get the audit real quick. And I'm not wrong for asking for that. But you're going to look at me like, yo, not only did I give this nigga way more than than the profit deal actually says I need to, but this nigga got the audacity to kind of... And you're only going to think about this this way from a friend's lens. You're not going to think about it from a business lens where if it, a business partner asks you to see the book, you go, all right, cool. But from a friend, we've been riding for forever long and you took care of the deal in, in a way where you feel like, yo, I'm making sure my boy eat. And I'm like, yo, yeah, that's all cool, but I want to see the books, though. I just need to see that. But see, that that's where, as a businessman, Joe could have finagled it and put it that way. He could have been like, yo, honestly, I'm a, I'm a, here's a honey K. To be honest with y'all, I'm gonna give y'all this out of love. It's out of love, but just so y'all know, moving forward, the percentages should be this because that's how you establish a care communication. Yeah. 
He fucked up on the communication and then, 100%. He fucked up on the communication. That's entirely Joe's fault. That's nobody else but Joe's fault. Maury and more um Rory and Rory Maul. and Maul don't have a don't have don't aren't wrong in what they're doing. What the communication broke down because Joe was being vague. Yes. And you cannot be vague, not at the level these niggas is. And doing it's like that. why why play that game? Why play that game with your nigga? If your niggas want to see the books, I understand it from a business perspective. If an employee of mine which they're not employees of his. And so let's clarify that. He made it seem that way, but that's not really what's happening. Maybe he thinks of them as employees, but that's their profit partners, bro. You got to treat them like partners. And that, and that's the next part of it, too. The, that's disrespect at, the, at that level, too. Exactly. You're but you're like, oh, y'all are employees? Now I'm an employee, my nigga? Yeah. And the I'm whole a, time we talk as business partners? All right. we, this whole entire time, you, you, you busting it down with us to see what's going to make the show better. But now when it comes to money, now I'm an employee. But all this other time I was a profit partner. That That is where his credibility goes down the drain in terms of, like, is he in the right or in the wrong? You're in the wrong now and because if, you try honestly, to downplay these niggas. And if he was really overpaying them, bro, I would show them the books just hey, so they could see that nigga, I've been holding y'all niggas down. I've been holding down. y'all niggas down. This extra that 60K? Would shut, that will humble that whole situation up. Yo, this extra 60K that y'all making is coming out of my pocket. Y'all was really entitled to 20K this year. I was not going to give my homeboys $20,000 for the year for this successful ass podcast. That, that, that wasn't going to be what I did. So I gave y'all an extra 70K out of my pocket. Like, you know what I mean? I got these other deals that are Joe Budden deals. Um, and I decided that, like, I would take the money out of my pocket and give it to you. And that's probably what happened. But again... If if I'm doing this, then I'm showing my niggas the books. Why do we have to play this game? And that's all just because you feel like you a boss. That's ego right there. You feel like you a boss, and you feel like, nigga, I don't need to show y'all nothing. I'm a boss. Like, y'all need to just take my, I'm your friend, and all of this shit is coming from me. Trust me when I say it's coming from me. But that's ego. You got to get out of your ego and just realize that, yo, to save the friendship, all you really got to do is show the books. Like, and then maybe have a conversation after where it's like, yo, honestly, I kind of felt a little bit of a way when y'all asked me about the books um, for whatever my reason. And we could talk about it. And then I right, moving forward. Let's do it this way. Let's 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 bust it down. And that's where he fucked up because he wasn't being a leader in that moment. Rory was the one kind of leading. But you didn't have he didn't have respect when it came to Rory enough to see Rory trying to lead and get them in a better place. So that money wouldn't fuck up the friendship. He didn't. That's a respect thing right there. You don't respect Rory enough to be like, to listen to that nigga and be like, all right. And that pro- partly is probably because Rory's younger than him. But also probably because whatever lack of respect that he has for Rory. But that's where he fucked up. So that ain't the, that ain't the, uh, <laughs> the least of Joe's worries. Because <laughs> today, so as we mentioned, <sighs> Joe Budden has a network, and on his network currently is the Joe Budden Podcast, is the See The Thing Is Podcast, and there's another podcast with um, with Karen Civil. I think that's Girl I Guess. No. Let me, let me see. Um, let me just look that up real quick. I, I believe it's, it's Girl I Guess, but I could be making that shit up. Um, 
Yeah, I'm right. So, yeah, Girl I Guess um, with Karen Civil and Mimi Ling. Um, and so Olivia Dope was on the See The Thing Is podcast. Now, myself and D-Flow has had the pleasure of speaking with and um, being around Olivia Dope on multiple occasions. And she is a... You know, no pun intended, but a dope individual, uh, great DJ, amazing DJ, staple of New York, has worked with Sweetie for a long period of time. Um, she's cool. She's cool. She left the Cedar Thing um, Is podcast months ago, I, uh, minimum three months ago. And it felt weird. We knew it was bad terms. Nothing ever really came out. There were some shots on social media from... Her and the two other hosts, Mandy and Bridget. As y'all know, many of y'all know that Mandy and Wheezy, uh, we've worked with them in the past. And they have been, uh, I would say, cool individuals. We've, we've come, we bump into them all the time. They always show love whenever we're in the same establishment or... Um, if we all are, are chilling or we've gone to support them on many occasions. Um, so Mandy and Weezy are cool as well. Um, and Weezy's not in this, so I'm going to take her out. We don't want nobody getting confused. But Bridget, I've never met. Bridget seems great. Um, on social media, I've, I've shouted Bridget out and she's always, you know, shouted me back out or whatever the case is. So um, all of those young women... I'm praying for it in a sense, but today Olivia Dope came out and said why she left the network, and she does have some clips that Shade Room kind of chopped up for us, <laughs> so they did the work for us, so I'm going to just pull that up real quick, uh, and we will listen to what she says her reasoning is for leaving, and then we are going to bust this down because I do think this is an important conversation that we need to all have in a way, um, because I think there are a lot of different lessons here that need to be discussed. So let me let me find this joint. I bet. Let's see. Podcast as well as the Joe Budden Network. I am here today to still uncomfortable, but find the bravery to finally speak on a very embarrassing situation. Not only to start my healing process, but to help give encouragement to others who have similar stories of sexual harassment in the workplace. On January 18th, 2021, Joe Budden sat in on a recording of the female-led podcast I was a part of and continuously made sexual suggestive remarks to me that made me extremely uncomfortable as well as fearful of dampening the mood if I didn't laugh along while he made those sexual remarks to me. Um, those moments were not only, <clears throat> excuse me, those moments not only live on the, my departure from See The Thing. All right, so let's stop there for a second. So I know the exact episode that she's talking about. Uh, I think most of us do at this point. It's still out there, so you can go look it up yourself. So essentially what happened was, there was some tension that was brewing on the show between, I want to say, 
I don't know who it was between, I, honestly. I think the girls, in a sense, were trying to figure certain things out. But Olivia, um, based off of that, the beginning of that episode, Olivia wasn't really in full understanding in terms of how things were supposed to go regarding her podcasting and the business side of things in a sense. And I think she was asking questions and Mandy and Bridget were trying to, in some instance, tell her, yo, this is how the business runs. Like whatever Joe is doing, um, isn't out of the norm. So like, don't, think that something is happening that's not supposed to happen. Like, we've been doing podcasting or been in the entertainment business. Uh, Not that Olivia hasn't, but it's different when you're a DJ. Typically, DJs get paid up front. I'm assuming this was a little different in terms of how they were getting paid. Now, they had been paid by the time that this episode came out, but there was, I guess, just some questions. Whatever. Cool. Um, And Joe, Joe was on that episode. And I knew it was a problem from Jump. Because of this. Olivia, when we've met her, and I know you met her, I think, or you bumped into her like two more times after after we met her together. Um, I've met her like two or three times. Olivia is a no-nonsense person. Olivia is very much business-orientated, um, very much like with her friends, I'm sure it's different. I know it's different. She's... Goofy and fun with her friends, but when she don't know you, she's not playing with you like she knows you. And this is this is a conversation that we oftentimes have on the podcast, and I'm going to reiterate it again after the fact, but this is the issue. Joe is a jokey person. I've been around Joe. I haven't had the pleasure of... I mean, pleasure might sound icky now that he's in this conversation, but I haven't had the ability to meet Joe and have a conversation with Joe. And I honestly don't know how that would go because Joe seems to be a little moody. So, like, that to me is, like, based off of what mood you meet Joe in, it could be a great time or you could walk away from that feeling like he's an asshole. Um, Regardless of the point, Joe likes to joke. Joe likes to be silly. Joe likes to say a lot of inappropriate things. That is part of his joking style, saying inappropriate uh, remarks. On the podcast, he 100% was saying things that if you are not in a space with an individual where they deem that to be acceptable and cool and funny, you're putting yourself in a precarious situation. One of the things, and I think she goes into it, so play a little bit of that in a second, but one of the things was as soon as he got, as soon as the episode opened up, he was like, oh, Olivia, I thought me and you would make a, one of those podcasting power couples. Now, I took it as a joke when he said everybody in the room laughed, but I can see as someone who does not know, which she reiterates several times, she does not know Joe in any other aspect as, except for, I guess he tapped her to be on the show. and. Like, they had no communication really outside of that. So if y'all not in this, if y'all not friends, y'all not cool, y'all not none of that, and this is someone that you just tapped to work for you, you're putting yourself in a precarious situation 
joking with them and they don't know you. Um, but let's let's continue. And and I know a lot of people say, you know, obviously this is in the realm of sexual harassment at the workplace in general. The one thing I would say is, yes, I'm not discrediting that. But when you're in a podcasting space making jokes, a lot of inappropriate jokes are made and is not necessarily in the realm of of like trying to sexually harass somebody. So this case is is slightly different for me because you don't know the individual that you're joking with. And that's where it becomes tricky. If if they all knew each other and everybody normally jokes like that on 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 a regular, you will hear jokes like that on a podcast. And that's not out of the norm. My question is, does don't they have sexual talks on that podcast though? Some so, of their, aren't there some of their conversations aren't some of their conversations sexually oriented, like sexually like pushed? Yes. And I think the part that and this is this is why the lesson for me, and I'm gonna get into this in a minute, is you cannot play you can't play with everybody. And the, the, so the thing with this is, yeah, they do have sexual uh, conversations. And I believe even on that episode, they were talking about like some sexually explicit stuff. The problem is, is when someone sees you as unfamiliar. Sometimes they don't know if you're being serious with your sexual advances or not. And if you say something that they are uncomfortable with. They may or may not check you on it. You got some people who check you right then and there. And be like, yo, we're not even on that type of time. Stop playing yourself. And then you got other people who will just laugh along. And then things like this happen. Where two months later you get, I don't want to say blindsided because that makes it seem like I'm discredited. I'm not discrediting anything. But as the individual, you get taken aback when that person then comes out and says, yo, I was uncomfortable on the XYZ show um, because the whole time, I was being sexually harassed. Now, the person who might deem that as, yo, we all joke like this because that's typically how these shows go. I'm not really sexually, I'm not trying to sexually harass you. It doesn't matter. And this is why I say that I, I we have to get to a, a better space when it comes to like the letter of the law of sexual harassment because it's a lot, it's based off of feeling. And that's yeah, not, and I'm, I, not I, I'm not discrediting victims. If it never victims. happened outside of the show, if he never made this advance to her outside, I, I guess, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of it's those a weird little, type of situations because I'm just like, if the show, if part of the show normally talks about these type of things. Well, it's not normally. I mean, let, let, you're right. Yes, like it's part, like that content comes up. It's not like Mandy and Wheezy shit where the whole show is about sex. You know, it's not like horrible decisions. But yeah, sexual things come up on this show, especially because, you know, any show with Mandy on it, sex is going to pop up. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And so, like, yeah, in some instances, kind of like, like these type of conversations pop up on podcasts. That's why for me, it's not as black and white as Go Kill Joe, like he's wilding, da 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 da. I'm like, these conversations tend to happen on podcasts. The difference is you tend to be in a space on a podcast with people that you know. And the issue here is apparently him and Olivia, which they said on the show, they didn't build a relationship yet. So if you're talking about building a relationship with this individual 
And the first thing out your mouth is, oh, I'm trying to be a... Apparently, he said some other wild shit. Like, oh, I want to fuck you. I really... The reason why I got you on the show is because I want to fuck you type of shit. And that's where it becomes way more like, yo, you... That's nasty. Those parts yeah, that, were that, cut... That, that, yeah. That's it, pushing. That's wild. That's those wild. parts of the, the episode apparently were cut out, but the parts that did stay also did kind of feel like, yo, Joe... Like, relax. Like, stop. Like, for me, when I listened to the episode, I was like, yo, bro. In my mind, I'm like, yo, bro, you kind of pushing this power couple nonsense a little too much. Like, she's not feeding into it. So, let it rock. Like, move on. And I know in his mind, like, once or twice, you could get away with saying it's a joke. You're doing it throughout the whole episode. It goes beyond it just being a joke. And now it's like you're trying to push a little subtle hint underneath the joke and that is uncomfortable for someone who doesn't know you and is not on that type of time with you like it's different if they're friends like if she knows him like with kelly when we have kelly on the show y'all all heard kelly and distinguish say silly shit me and kelly might have said some silly shit we're all friends in real life so we joke and say silly things all the time so it's expected now, we get a guest on the show that me, you, and Distinguished have never met. And I'm starting to say wild shit to this female guest. I'm bugging. Yeah, I'm putting us and the show in a precarious situation. Especially when you notice her energy ain't on that type of time. Her energy not on that type of time and the, and the era that we're in. Where it's all is based off of right now, whether right or wrong, is how someone feels about the interaction. It doesn't matter if my intent is something different. It's really based off of how that other person feels at the end of the day. And I'm not saying that to make it seem less than. I do feel like we got to find a a way to really come to a common ground on it. But besides that, that's where we are right now. Sexual harassment literally within the, the context of sexual harassment has a lot to deal with if the person felt as if the the comments were inappropriate. If you don't feel like it's inappropriate, then you're good. Everybody's gooch. <laughs> but the moment I feel like something is inappropriate, then we are in a space of, we're straight to sexual harassment. We're not in the middle ground on misunderstanding. It, it's one or the other. Either we all gooch or we sexually, or we in sexual harassment. Those are the two lanes. It's, it's, yeah, that's a tough one, bro. That 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 and, and with Joe, if I think in that scenario, if he noticed he wasn't feeling into it, if he noticed that she wasn't feeling into it with him, from that first comment, bro, you've been doing this for too long. That's it's my like, point. You too you know, you, old you, you for should, this. You, you should have read that and kept it pushing, bro. And on top of that, it's a double whammy for you because now not only is it like, yo, you inappropriate, but you're technically her boss. So now she can add into the into the mix like, yo, I didn't know if if I didn't feed into it, I was going to get fired. I didn't know if if uh, I didn't joke around with everybody that it was going to cause an issue for me in the workplace. Now that's what you end up putting on yourself. And I think that that's where Joe really is a double whammy. You're being inappropriate. You're not reading the room. You're not reading the tea leaves. You're not reading the room at all. This girl is not really flirting back with you. She's not saying nothing 
to be misconstrued, none of that, and you keep going. And then on top of it, you are technically her employer at that moment in time. Now, yes, you are also a podcaster, so y'all y'all having sexual conversation is one thing, but you keep flirting and throwing these advances, and they're not being they're not being taken in a pro in the way that you you think. They're not taken in a way where they, that individual likes it. You're putting yourself in a position where you're going to get hit with this double whammy. So she continues. It also forced me in the decision of quitting the podcast. By the way, I do feel like she's setting up for a lawsuit. And um, the, the way she's speaking, for sure. I'm now in a place where it was traumatizing. Embarrassing. Joe, a lawsuit is definitely coming your way. And 100%. I've decided that I have to actually speak up because loss of wages, not only was traumatized, it to walk away from it. Um, it also is important for me to speak up, not only to help heal myself, but also to probably help others in the future and let them know that this probably wouldn't be the best situation for you to enter into working with this person. And that forever. I just want to stop right there real quick cuz I'm I don't, I don't want to get too like in the middle of this shit like I love everybody involved I'm praying for everybody involved but I do think Olivia has to be careful there because that is borderline defamation of character if this Definitely. if this cannot be proven and the only reason I feel like it's hard to prove, and I don't know if she talks about it here, but she definitely in the full clip that's on her IG page, she talks about going along with everything in the moment. So, and this is a bigger lesson for everybody, and this is where things get tricky. If you're laughing and giggling and saying, yeah, you're cool with this, and People are coming to you and they're asking you because she did mention that they came to her and said, yo, you know, are you OK with these parts of the of the episode where he's saying all these stupid advances and stuff like that? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. That's tricky and that's dicey because you're saying, yes, 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 everything is fine. Everything is good. But internally, you're feeling like, yo, I'm embarrassed. I'm disrespected. I've been belittled. I'm being sexually harassed. And so when people leave the room and they're asked, and again, they tell you, yo, are you okay with this? Are you okay with that? She says, the only reason things got cut out is because Mandy said, yo, on audio, it sounds fine, but I'm looking at the video and you don't seem like you, you like what's been said to you. So we should cut these parts out. And she said, okay, cool. Now, if that's what you wanted all along, but you said yes, it makes it dicey and tricky, bro. It does. And I think that she has to be careful there because when she says something like that, like it's a workplace that I don't, I'm going to encourage other people not to go to without her being able to kind of back up her allegations, which I do think that she can to some extent. But also, I again, like I said. Too, but if, if, if this only happened on one occasion... 
and the other co-hosts can't vouch that they feel the same way. It becomes it hard. Tough. It it is it becomes tough. The part that makes it tough for me is the fact that she even admitted in this video that at the time she said everything was cool. Everything was just part of the show, the entertainment. And that's the second part. We're in the entertainment realm. So Joe can always say, Yo, I was doing that as part of the show, like part of the entertainment. There was no real serious intent behind me wanting to get with her. Like, as she said, we've had no communication before or after. If I really wanted to get with her, I would have been sending her uh, advances through the phone or whatever. Like, that is where it gets dicey. And now you're telling people don't work with the network and you hope da-da-da-da-da to the network. He could counter sue. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm not discrediting nobody's shit. This is honestly like a really sad situation um, because everybody involved has a stake in this podcasting or in this media, in this entertainment realm. And to see this happen is just not, you know what I mean, something that we want to see. But she, Yeah, you got to be very careful. She continues. She goes on. Be very frank. Within these past three months after I left, um, I've been feeling stuck. Mentally, emotionally, um, I've even had to have a conversation with my daughter on why it's important for you to speak up when somebody crosses a boundary with you because there is now footage of her mother on the internet with somebody crossing a boundary with her mother. And that's on there forever. And I want to lead by example and let her know that within these past three months... I mean, I think that that part is... is you know, important in terms of humanizing this experience that unfortunately a lot of people go through um, in the workplace, you know, where they have sexual advances placed upon them that they don't want, unwarranted, and in many instances may feel like, you know, they can't say anything about in the moment, but they're not comfortable with, and then it's something that they have to deal with uh, afterwards especially in terms of children and stuff like that. Um, we're going to move on. Uh, but the lesson here... Crazy, yo. I, I really think for everybody, one, you cannot play with everybody. That's that. That's number one for me. That's a like, fact. Y'all, like, stop playing with everybody. Stop playing. <laughs> like, if you don't know these people, you can't jump out the gate with sexual innuendos, silly little comments. All of that, like, it's dangerous at this point. It is. Whether you think you're joking, whether you think it's it's harmless, whether you think it's part of your caricature uh, or who you think you are in whatever space, like, you can get away with it. Whether you think you trace songs so every chick supposed to like you, whatever it is that you think, you, you got to stop playing with, with people because... I could very easily see Joe feeling like he was just being playful, silly, and stupid. Because I've seen Joe do this on multiple occasions in his show where he says and does silly things. Like, I've seen him 
do it and think that he's just being silly and think that the world is just in a sensitive space. But at the end of the day, this is where we are. And whether you agree with it or not, it is being normalized as I think it should be in instances where if someone is uncomfortable with you, you doing stupid things, especially in the world of sex. Because we all know, unfortunately, when people don't get, when people feel like they continuously can do advances, those advances then turn into physical things. And then it turns into, oh, well, she never said anything when I used to flirt with her or he never said anything when I used to flirt with him. So I just thought it was okay when I grabbed the ass or I just thought it was okay when I forcibly kissed her or anything beyond that. And so like, we just, yo, stop, stop playing around. Like that's number one. You got to know when to hit that chill button, man. It's, it it's important. Millions. It's in, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because a lawsuit is definitely coming. Second thing is like prayers to everybody involved. Um, I really hope there's healing for Olivia. Um, Joe is going to have a real tough next couple of months. I don't know if he's going to be. I know he bounced back from a lot recently, but I don't know if he's bouncing back from this as readily. You lost your two main stakes in what really truly made your main money maker work. They're gone. Who knows if they're ever coming back? It's a low percentage that they will. And now you're getting hit with an allegation that was recorded. Like, there is no way of saying you didn't say certain things. You did. Those things are, I mean, the whole we should be a power couple and the, like, the way he hugged her, I thought it was him joking around. But I could very easily see if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm already uncomfortable with you, don't be hugging me like that. Like, so... Everything is recorded. So I really feel like you in a space right now where that lawsuit is definitely coming. It already made it already sounded like loss of wages. Uh and uh she's traumatized. So that's another situation right there. You got some money to pay out, bro. <laughs> like you gonna have to figure it out and get his get his shit together because that's definitely a lawsuit a lawsuit. Yeah. All right, let's get to Let's move on and let's get out of here soon. Um, congratulations to Drake, man. Billboard's Generational Award. I mean, there's really not much else to say about that. Like, congratulations, this man has been on he top did of it. forever. He, he, he's been a, he's been on he's been on top. He's he's been the most consistent over the past ten years. So shout out to that man. Every year he got joints coming out. That's platinum. just that. <laughs> platinum, platinum, just platinum. That's it. So, like, there ain't nothing More success, man. For sure. Um, Now, there's a rumor going around that he broke up a happy home, that this singer came to help work on Certified Lover Boy, and she came with her fiancé of eight years, and something went down where she cheated on her fiancé. I don't know what you expect when you go to some nigga who's working on an album named Certified Lover Boy. I don't know. I don't agree with it. If Drake did that, like Drake is really on some savage shit too. He's in the Jennifer Lopez conversation. But like, I don't know what you, if you left her alone with this nigga, you, and if y'all went to his mansion to work on the album, you got to understand that's tricky territory, man. Like there are certain celebrities that you might just have to give the whole pass about. So you can't, I don't know, son. I don't know. You you gotta give a whole a situation like that because you know he ain't going. You know he ain't trying to wife her. 
So nah, a situation like that, you you gotta just I don't know. It, it's a tricky thing because he might have just did it on the principle that he came with her to the mansion, and I was just like, oh, you came with her, I. Right. Since you since you insisted on being here. <laughs> Some niggas is like that, man. I don't know, bro, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like it. Like there's a group of them: Michael B. Jordan, Trey Songs, Drake. Like there's a group of them that I'ma be mad, but I'm I, like, what am I supposed to say? You know what I'm saying? You can't say much, bro. You. you I don't know. Now, if like it's Soldier Boy, dudes, you, you girl gets around and you know they have a crush on them. Yeah, you, if it's Soldier Boy, I'm, I'm tight. Let it rock. Soldier Boy, I'm upset. The fuck is you doing? Oh yeah, like certain, certain, certain goofy artists. Nah, <laughs> I'm not doing. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be like, word. Don't I know he got the bread, but damn. Yeah, like, like come on, son. Like what? Like really? But Drake, I might have to. I understand. He's the most successful nigga out right now. That's like if your girl cheated on you with Michael Jackson. Or kissed Michael Jackson. If my girl kisses Michael Jackson and it's caught on, like, at a concert and he kisses her on the lips, I can't be mad about it, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Uh, I would just be like, oh, that, 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 you had fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I could say. Uh, Even if it's Trey Songz, like, my girl goes to Trey Songz and he invites her on stage. Whatever goes down on that stage, I can't be mad. I, I gotta can't. just take the L. I gotta, I gotta t- be like, yeah. I might be salty on the inside, but I got to take the L. I have to it's take It's one of those L's L. you got to take. It's because one of those. the truth is, if Janet invited me on stage <laughs> and proceeded to ride on top of me, you got to take that L. You got to take, take the take L. If Rihanna want to kiss no, me on the lips. If Rihanna invites me on stage and whines on me, bro, just take the L. You have like accept that. It. it happened. It can't be it, no it argument. Happened. Don't argue with me after that. No, don't know. You just gotta be. You just gotta accept it. That, now that's we, it. It we talking a little they, bit more than grinding. I'm gonna cherish that. <laughs> Apparently they smash. Huh? You know, it, it's it, it, that can be an argument, but just understand, like, if you letting that break up your eight year commitment, I mean, you you have every right to. I'm not trying to sound goofy or contradictory. It's smash just that is, is touchy with smashing. If y'all smashed, it's touchy but i have to understand that is drake that's all i'm saying it's drake like if part of me is gonna be like damn son you let him smash though did you did you go all out for that nigga yeah that that, that would be that would be where i'm like really get worried like what did he make you do like what that's i normally don't want to know that's one of the times i kind of want to know yeah like was this just like you got caught up in the starstruck or was this like you was trying to get wiped by this nigga? Because if you was trying to get wiped by this nigga, now me and you got beef. If you got, got caught up with the starstruck, I'm mad, but aight, son, aight. But if you was really like, yo, I'm really trying to make this nigga make me the next, like, uh, fuck my relationship. I'm trying to get out of this shit. Now I'm tight. Now it's like, nah, we... we. Yeah, I feel like in, in situations like that, it's a hall pass. I'm sorry. It's it's a hall pass. Certain Certain... Certain situations just how to be if 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 a celebrity that I know my girl crushes on and my girl actually goes through and smash, I I'm gonna be upset. It's gonna be an argument, but it's gotta be a hall pass. You gotta let it just rock. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's it might be on her things, bucket list. She got it off her bucket list. I, it's, I, I, say, it's a bucket list type of situation. Like 
as long as you don't bring that shit up after this conversation, I don't want to hear about Drake had the tongue of the gods. I don't want to hear nah, none. Nah, and if you none, continuously none texting this nigga afterwards, we have a problem. Right now, we have an issue. Yes. Yeah, if it's a more than one time smash, now we got a problem. Yes. We're not doing that. If it's a one time thing, it happened, you were drunk, it got saucy, things happened, cool. But if this thing is still in your joint and you think every time y'all niggas pop up every three months, this nigga gonna fly you out? No, 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 no. Nah, no, we're no, no, not doing that. No, no, no. We're not doing you that. You ain't gonna beat this thing a bust it, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we good. We done. MTV Awards was last night. Nobody fucking knew about it, but Leslie Jones... I did not know about that. Yep, MTV Movie Awards. Leslie Jones uh, hosted it. Um, that was poorly promoted, or we ain't watching cable as much as we should anymore. Nah, it was poor. Like, I only found out because I was on YouTube. I was on YouTube looking some other shit up and saw that <laughs> that the MTV Awards... I was, was watching... I was actually watching Miss Universe. Oh, that's crazy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, See, Leslie Jones. You didn't know about that shit either. <laughs> nah, I didn't. Yo, bro, I'm telling you. First of all, I was watching Netflix. I was watching this this um, anime that is just one of my favorites now. But I was watching the show. Oh, you got to let me know what that is. Yeah, I'm going I'm to put you on. But I was watching that, and then um, I said, oh, shit. Uh, I think it ended for the season. Like, I watched the whole season. So I was like, yo, what's going to happen next? Um, and then I went on YouTube to kind of like just see some of the YouTube things. And oh, I was watching the shit about what's his name? Uh, Invincible. I was watching some of the highlights from Invincible because I do want to start watching the series, but just didn't get around to it yet. And I'd seen an ad pop up and it said MTV Awards tonight at nine. I looked at the clock. It was nine o'clock. I said, oh, shit, let me turn it on. And that's how I found out that the movie awards was on. Um Falcon and the Winter Soldier won a lot of awards, and Scarlett Johansson won um, a generational award. And that was the highlight of the whole shit. There was nothing special about that award show at all. I don't. I'm. I'm not chalking it up to COVID though, because the movie awards has been going downhill for a while. They gotta figure something out. They have to, because that that shit ain't it. Um, Ellen is ending her show. I don't know if it's the right move or not. But what, obviously, she claims it's not uh, associated with the controversy. I don't know. I don't know if I take that fully. Um, but they are saying that that time slot might be filled by Tiffany Haddish in the future. So 2022, I think, that. is the last year of the Ellen show. And then they're saying moving forward, Tiffany Haddish will have a show at that point. Um, I'm for it, too. Cool. We'll see. Um, yeah, we see how that goes. Kobe Bryant uh, was in the Hall of Fame, put in the Hall of Fame, I think, over this weekend. Um, okay, that's dope. Yeah, Vanessa Bryant uh, apparently had like a really dope um, acceptance speech. I did not watch or hear. I don't even know if it came on yet. I'm so confused on that. So, you know, anybody who listened this far, if you know, let us know in the comments. And Azalea Thanks. Banks. I don't know if you saw that Azalea Banks joint. No. So she put up a tweet that said that she just sucked the period blood off of her man's dick and it gave her superpowers. I'm Gooch. <laughs> I'm Gooch. I am straight, sir. 
Yo, get this woman some that, help, man. Get her some all, help, there, son. There's, there's so many levels of weird shit going on <laughs> there. You know what? Fuck it. We, we, I'm off it. It's Gooch. I'm good. I'm good. I don't even want to get into it. Bro, she boiled a cat a couple of months ago. And I know they said it was according to some spirituality shit. I get it. Azalea Banks needs help, y'all. Azalea Banks needs help. And I don't know who's in her circle. I don't know who's around, I don't know who's around her. But they need to give that woman some help. Not because the shit is is weird. Listen, people do stuff on the period all the time. I, I'm not, you know what I mean? It, whatever rocks your boat. Nah, listen, man. <laughs> do do what y'all I, hey. Whatever nah, floats your boat. Don't do that. But it's not it's not it's not, it's not healthy, man. It's, nah. Don't do it. Don't but do it. At the end of the day, to make a tweet about it and then say he's giving you superpowers. Like you gotta understand the 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 bloody scene that that had to have created. He had yeah, to that smash her. Making me nauseous, bro. I bro, don't even want... he had to smash That's... her till it was mad blood, and then his blood on his joint, and then she sucked it off. So that means it's blood on her face. Like that's a whole crazy ass scenario, bro. I don't know, bro. Get her some help, like for real. Um. Let's get into our politics real quick. We're going to wrap this up. So, uh, (laughs) just bear with us. (laughs) We wrap this up. Y'all ain't seen us in a while. We wanted to give y'all a longer episode, but there's technical difficulties ahead of of this episode. But, um, America's meat. We already spoke about uh, vaccines and stuff, so we're not going back there. Um, but a black man was arrested after he killed a man with one punch after the man said a racial slur. Free that man. What uh, what, what that nigga is? A fucking the Hulk or something? <laughs> that nigga chin check of the century, nigga? Like, <laughs> man got put. I mean, that is the dangerous things about a fight that I always think about every time Like I'm either in a situation where I may have to so fire's like, yo, I might hit somebody and and it might hit them in the temple and them niggas is not getting back up. But yeah, nah, he listen to me that y'all need to free that man. He was defending himself. That's a it, fact. I, hate crime, like we all know what comes after uh someone calling you a racial slur is either spit or fist. So I just feel like he was defending himself. So That's free it. that man. And uh finally we it's spoke a, a little a bit. We spoke a little bit about cryptocurrency. Um, mm-hmm. Was it before the episode? I think it was before. Yeah, but before the episode. Dogecoin, Dogecoin, however you want to call it, uh, fell it, like tremendously after Elon Musk uh, appeared on SNL, even yeah, when we thought it was it was going to skyrocket. It went up for a while while he was there, and then it 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 plummeted. So yep, that happened. And in, and simultaneously, Bitcoin fell after Elon Musk stated that Tesla would no longer accept the currency because of environmental reasons. I am so confused on that. The shit is what? digital. But apparently there are investments regarding Bitcoin that have to do with pipelines and 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 unnatural gas. I don't know. Somehow... It it has something to do with the environment, and Elon Musk is making the stance that he will no longer accept the currency for Tesla. Now, remember, he was one of the main backers of Bitcoin, which is why it went up crazy over the summer. 
um, or the the pandemic summer rather. Um, but yeah, crypto. Listen, y'all gotta learn when to get in and get out. Um, in both these situations, but and there's a way to play it. Like you can put money in when you see something is at a, a high ranging peak. You could take some of the money out and keep the rest in. Just take out whatever it is that you made and then keep the, the initial investment in or add a little bit when it plummets. For those of you who are into it, right now would be a good time to invest. It sounds like it's not because it's down, but it, that's how the stock market or, or any of these currencies work. When they're down is the best time to buy them if you have faith that they're going to go back up at some point. So you get into an investment. We give a free game right now which we often do, and this is why y'all love this podcast, I guess. But when it's down, you jump in. You just got to pick the right investments because sometimes an investment is down and it's going to stay down. So you That's you, a fact. You jump on that investment, you're going to lose. If, if uh, it goes down further than when you jumped in, you're going to lose money. You put $10 in and it's down to $8, you lost $2. You're not going to get that back if it never goes back up. Um, and then everything else, it's about getting in and knowing that, oh, this is low right now, best time to grab it, and it's going to skyrocket and get to a point where it's worth more than what you purchased it for. And that's pretty much the game without going into detail and giving away too much free game. So uh, crypto is in the same position. If you Dogecoin, if you feel like, yo, that joint is going to go back up to 73 or hit a dollar at some point, now is the time to invest in it. You're getting it at a yep, lower. Now is the time lower, to buy. Yeah. Getting it at a lower coin rate, it may never go back down to 18 cents. I don't think anybody would want that. Um, but if you're getting it now at like 40 cents or 50 cents, it has the potential to go up to a dollar. That's what everybody is is hoping for. And so in that instance, you want to grab it now. Um, it's been another episode of Dad Had Some Bow Ties. What would Dad say? Dad would say... To enjoy yourself is about to be a fucking hot boy, hot girl, hot everything summer. Uh, make sure you do what you need to to enjoy the summer the way that you want to. Whether that means getting vaccinated or not is up to you. But this will be the summer to try and enjoy yourself. I think we all deserve it. Whether you were home for the whole pandemic or whether you was out there being a, a essential worker and God bless y'all. Um, y'all were y'all deserve to have a, an amazing summer. So make sure that you're doing everything in order to do so. Flo, you got anything for the people before we out? Stay safe, stay blessed, make smart decisions with your money. And this is this is that has some bow ties. Next week. Uh, we believe Distinguished will be back, so you'll get the trio back together again. And moving yeah, forward, <laughs> moving forward, we're going to try and make sure that we tell y'all if there's a break. Again, that was unintentional. We thought we were going to record an episode that week, and things just got tied up um, after we went on that vacation.